The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to the Bright Side Podcast. Our guest today is Stephanie Shepard, who is a friend of mine, but also somebody who inspires me a lot. And actually, and I mean this in the best way possible, you always make me feel like I'm not doing anywhere close to enough. (laughs) (laughs) You really are just so multidimensional and so interesting and hardworking. And I think you're a great role model to every woman out there. So I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh my God, thank you. That's such a such a nice compliment. (laughs) Wow. I mean, it's true. I mean it. And I think that one of the things that we try to do here on the bright side is have people on who really speak to what the podcast represents, which is optimism and positivity and making the world a better place. And I just feel like you really embody all of that. So. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Well, you know, we're all just out here trying our best, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like you, I don't know. Some people just have that extra something. You're so good. Even your, your work the other day for Earth Day, that was so, I, I didn't know about future Earth and that was really inspiring to me. Oh, thank you. It was fun. Tell me a little bit about future Earth. So future Earth is the digital education platform that uh, my friend Max and I made basically out of just like necessity to have a place where we could share the information that we had found in a digestible way and an aesthetically pleasing way, you know, like sexier. Yeah. You know, cause we, we found that a lot of the information was very scientific. It could be very corporate or it could be on the complete other side and be really niche to one specific group of people. And that was really it's not an exclusive cause. You know what I mean? It, it needs mm-hmm. to be for the masses. And we wanted to, it was for us though, just to create something for us and our friends, you know, to share the information because there's so much information and, and climate change, the climate crisis is such like a vast daunting can all can be daunting of an idea and something to wrap your head around. There's so much information that we just wanted to start small. We always say like, think global, act local. Mm-hmm. So like we're thinking on the grand scheme of like the entire planet and the existence of our human race, you know, yeah. and our livelihood. But at the same time, you just got to start small, start locally, start in your families, in your friend groups, in your communities. And we started it to just kind of create a community of people that wanted the education. And we really believe education is a catalyst for change. Once people know better, they can do better. They can make better choices for themselves and their families. And I can speak directly to this like from personal experience because when we were on set taping that L um, yeah. series you were working on, I remember that I think they had straws that may not have been plastic, but they looked like they were. And you made sure to insist that we weren't using anything that even looked like plastic because it's so important. Yeah. Just making those little changes is so important to furthering that cause. And I also can speak to being overwhelmed by how, like you said, it's not, it's not sexy. It's not easy. It's not really, it's not something that's so commercial or easy to Mm -hmm. understand. It can feel overwhelming in a lot of ways. So it's very cool that you guys are making it. Yeah. And we really feel like the climate crisis has like the worst PR of all time. Yeah. So, you know, quote unquote, global warming is really difficult for people to grasp when we still have cold weather, you know, we still have winters and it's become so partisan and it's really difficult to get people to care because you're saying, you know, our ice caps are melting, 
I'm good in LA right now. Like, what does that, it's not affecting me in this current moment in my life. Yeah. Most people don't make a change unless something's actually personally affecting them. Right. So like clean water, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, we have to have clean water. I have to drink it right now. Of course, I'm going to fight for everyone to have clean water. I can understand that. I can grasp that. But saying that the planet is warming, you know, centigrades or however much temperature every year, everyone's like, so like, I don't get it. You know, it's it's a hard thing to understand. Yeah. I mean, I think also you feel that a little change you make, like driving a different car or driving a lot less or, you know, just little tiny changes. What difference does it really make if you're just one person? You know, that's how it feels. Totally. What's something that our listeners could do, just like a simple change that they could make around their house? Like I always say like the gateway to getting Mm -hmm. into, you know, (laughs) making these changes is like single use plastic. Obviously we've heard it. It's been beat into us that single use plastic is wasteful. So however you can reduce single waste plastic in your home, whether it be changing to, you know, reusable glass bottles or stainless steel bottles instead of plastic bottles in your house, trying to eliminate the plastic waste when it comes to your personal care products and your household products and your the condiments in your fridge, opting to buy a glass ketchup instead of plastic ketchup bottle. I didn't even know they opting, made that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. I have all of my condiments, like ketchup, mayonnaise, mustard, like, I don't know, like, what am I even using? <laughs> I, <don't> <laughs> I just have them. You know, how you just have the condiments like in your fridge. Yes. And they stay there for years too. <laughs> for years, for years. But you can, you know, opt to buy glass bottles there, you know, switching. I recently switched to shampoo bars instead of always using the plastic bottle shampoo. I mean, I still have some obviously, but for travel and just efficiency purposes, like there's some great shampoo bars. There are some great body soap bars. You can just try and reduce that plastic waste. Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool that you're actually living what you're preaching too, you know, because I think that's another problem that we encounter is a lot of people who have this message and I'm, I don't doubt that they care about what they're saying, but they're not necessarily putting into action what they're saying. And you really do that. And I think with Future Earth, we definitely try and communicate that like we are in a transition as a society, as individuals, we are all transitioning. This is like a an energy revolution, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't, we can't flip the switch, you know, no pun intended, and just have all of the, you know, have everything be zero waste. And we all just subscribe to this program and it's all perfect and the air is clean and everyone, you know. It's a process. And so I think a par- part of it is not beating yourself up for not doing everything exactly right. You know, I'm learning. I just got an electric car this year, but I would get into my gas fueled car with my reusable water bottle. Yeah. And so it was kind of like a bit of a walking contradiction. But I think that we all have to be a little comfortable being that and to not shame each other into yeah. like, you couldn't switch. You you went to Starbucks and you didn't bring your re- reusable cup. Like, it's okay. You're on the fly. It's, we haven't fully transitioned into that world yet. Mm-hmm. But if you're seeking the information, if you're, you know, trying to make those changes within your home, and I think, you know, now more than ever, and more importantly, using your vote and your dollar as consumers, as voters, as consist- constituents, we have so much more power than we actually realize. Yeah. So if you really want to make a change, you know, vote for the policies to change you know, if we stop buying products that are bad for the environment and bad for our health, they're going to stop making them, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a very good point. I think I've noticed that with organic products over time. Like it used to be that you'd go to the grocery store and there would be one bottle of organic milk on the shelf or all white bread instead of whole wheat bread. And over time, as people have become more educated on those things, 
all of a sudden the majority of the milks are organic and almond and, you know, they're dairy alternatives yeah. and the bread is mostly a whole grain. You know, it really does make a difference what you buy. Totally. And, you know, you can see that transition happening. You can see it happening within, you know, the beauty community as well. Mm. Like all of these small brands that are starting, that get to start from step one of thinking about sustainable practices and the safety of their products and where they're sourcing their ingredients. So it's really a cool thing to see these like grassroots small businesses that can really implement the things that are healthy and safe for us in the beginning and then getting, being able to support those. I don't know. You can see the wave. The tide is is definitely shifting. You definitely can. And I'm glad that you're becoming so involved in this because I think that you have a demographic of people who pay attention to you who are younger and need someone to look up to who they think is cool, who will make being aware of what you're putting into the environment and recycling and just climate activism sexier, you know? So it's really cool that you're doing that. (laughs) I love it because I actually need someone like you to look to for it. So. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So the last time we saw each other, you had planned to go to this place called the Hoffman Institute. And I remember you telling me Mm -hmm. a little bit about it and it sounded super interesting. And I think it's something that could be relevant to what we're talking about today on the show. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what the Hoffman Institute is and what your experience was like? Yeah, I had been referred by my friend Jen Atkins. She had gone there and she really felt like it was a really life-changing process for her. It's basically like in layman's terms, like it's like a therapy retreat. And I had just turned 30 and I felt like I really wanted to focus on my inner peace and my mental health and my well-being. And I'd never done anything like that before. You go, I went to the one in up in Napa and it's a week long retreat. Okay. So there's more than one location. Yes. There's one in Napa and there's one in New York. And I went to the one up in Napa and I'd never done anything like this before. You go for a week my group had 37 different strangers from all across the United States. We had a couple people international. Did you go by yourself? I went by myself. They, you're encouraged to go by yourself because you don't want to have any distractions. You don't want to feel embarrassed or like hold anything back. Okay. Cause you're going to be speaking really, in front of other people. You're gonna, yeah. And you can, there's group sessions, there's individual sessions, small group sessions, and you really just dig into any childhood trauma or any of your patterns that you now find yourself falling into as an adult, you know, and I go to therapy semi-regularly. And so I, and I'm aware enough, but to be able to just really fully immerse myself in a week of like no phone, they take your phone, no laptop, like you are cut off from everyone else. You are just really in the moment doing that work. I feel like I could um, use that. Oh my gosh. It was so amazing. I wish I could have stayed for a month. What was a typical day there like? You know, you wake up in the morning, you have to be at breakfast at check-in. There is a set schedule. You check in with your coach, your teacher, your therapist, whatever you want to call it. Then you go into a group session and they lead a group session. It, It varies. You know, every day is different. And then you can break into your smaller groups. So you have a little bit more comfort of sharing and, and it's a little it's smaller and, and more tailored to each person. Mm-hmm. And then there were just different activities and different exercises to really like unlock your emotions and really get inside yourself, you know? And is it a nutritional wellness program as well? It's just mental health. Okay. That's so interesting because um, I've never heard of a program like that. I mean, not that I necessarily would have, but I've yeah. you hear about all these nutritional wellness programs or retreats where you go and you're on right. a certain diet and you, you do meditations right, right, right. and that kind of thing. But this sounds far yeah. more in-depth. 
this is a very specific process that the the founder created like the Hoffman process is just specific. It's only taught here. Like, I don't want to say too much because if anyone wants to go, I want them to experience it like organically right. as they, as they go, because so, the things that you do, you, you really have to just go all in. And it was so completely out of my comfort zone. And, you know, you're with 30 strangers and you don't have your phone and you don't have anything to make you feel comfortable. And yeah, you're just exposed a hundred percent. And it was quite possibly the best experience of my life. Wow. I have I, I walked away with a deeper understanding of myself, of the way I was raised, of why my like the way my parents raised me the way they did, why I have the patterns I have, how to handle them, how to be better, just like an expanded like emotional vocabulary that has helped me so much within like my relationships, within my work relationships, my friendships. Who would you recommend go to something like that? Anyone. Really? Anyone at all. It's Across the gamut, it's literally, you could be someone who has invested in therapy your entire life and you can walk away with something from it. You can be someone who had an ideal childhood and ideal relationships and nothing, you don't really ever, you know, there's nothing that you think you need to fix, quote unquote, but you just go and you, it's just, you really get in touch with like who you are and how you're connected. And it's, it's just an incredible experience. I mean, there were people from across the United States that all had completely different upbringings, completely different places in their life. And we all had the, you know, this camaraderie and this connection that like we, we still text. We still, I was going to say, did you end up becoming friends with people there? Oh yeah, You know, we all their the deepest, darkest text. secrets, right? <laughs> totally. And you don't tell anyone what your name is. You don't tell anyone what you do. Oh, so there's not that pressure of like, so-and-so does this and, you know, or talking about, you don't talk about work. You don't talk about politics. You don't talk about sports. So it's just a, such a safe base. And luckily I have some girlfriends who live in LA that are just my friends who have also gone. So we've really kind of formed this little support group where we can just like talk about these kinds of things. Kind of keep it going. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's really nice. I, one thing I've learned, because I also go to therapy and I feel like I sort of fit into the box you were describing of, I was so lucky to have what I consider a very healthy childhood. I feel like I had very supportive parents and my childhood was pretty much as easy as it can get, I think. But still, I'm finding out through therapy that there are things that you just don't even remember or hadn't really taken the time to think through that when you really dig into it, you learn a lot about yourself. And it's just so important to your growth and the way that you approach other people and life. And yeah, I mean, it makes a big difference when you're aware of those things. Oh my gosh, so much. And just to kind of break the patterns, like you're imprinted by your parents, whether they were super great and, you know, everybody has their stuff, you know, no one's completely perfect. So to be able to identify those things, and especially for someone like me, like I'd love to be a mother one day, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Um, (laughs) and I hope that like I can pass on positive patterns. I know. I feel like that'd be my biggest fear in having kids. Like I'm going to screw them up. (laughs) I mean, everybody screws up their kids. I feel like it's like, (laughs) it's just happens. Like, what are you going to do? But um, no, it was, it was a really great experience. And they also have it for like couples. If you know, your significant other goes and then you guys can attend a group session together and then there's Mm -hmm. follow-ups for the graduates. So it's a continual thing. It's like, you know, as therapy is, you mm-hmm. know, as life is, as finding your purpose, as taking care of your mental health, it's it's an everyday conscious effort. Have you ever had an experience? This is something that I ask 
each of the guests that come on the show. Have you had an experience in your life, a negative experience that ended up having a positive outcome for you? Oh my gosh. Every <laughs> negative experience, I think. That's the right attitude. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, I think the same. You can always find something positive that's come out of something oh negative, God. right? Yeah, definitely. I mean... Is there one you can share? I mean, obviously, like any relationship that's unhealthy, that's ended, is mm-hmm. always devastating in the moment. Mm-hmm. But then the best thing to ever happen to you, I was in a relationship that was really, really toxic and bad. And I didn't... And I knew it at the time enough. But now in hindsight, I'm like, oh my gosh that was so crazy. How was I putting up with that? How was I in that? How was I invested in that? And we'd actually had a huge blowout fight. It was really ugly. It was getting, it was to the point where I was like, this is getting like a little dangerous for me. Yeah. And this is not the person that I am. And I I don't feel safe, Mm -hmm. like physically safe. And we broke up. And that next week I started working for Kim and I Mm. threw myself into work and into like devoting my time to that. It was the most perfect distraction and the most perfect project to help give me purpose and to help me focus on something else. Yeah. And I don't know if having, if not having that would have, I would, if I was just sitting idly around, like not, not having that demanding job, would I have gone back maybe? But also, I mean, I think that when you're in kind of situations where you're feeling kind of distressed, you're also extra motivated to be distracted and work hard and get busy. And so on the flip side, it also, you know, maybe who knows like what direction you would have gone in. That's so interesting to me too. And you've probably talked about this a million times. So sorry if you have to repeat yourself, but like, how did you find that job with Kim? Yeah, I'd been working like in the entertainment business. I had been assisting um, a creative director named Mikey Minden and he works with Erica Girardi, Erica Jane of Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. And so I'd been working for them. And he also is a choreographer for the Pussycat Dolls. And the founder of the Pussycat Dolls is Robin Anton. Okay. Robin Anton was very good friends with Kim at the time. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'm sure they're still friends, but she knew that Kim was looking for someone and that I was ready to move on from the position that I was at. And she referred me and literally like, we had that boyfriend and I had a blowout at Coachella. This was in April. Oh, Coachella. Literally Always good for Coachella. a blowout. Ruining <laughs> <lives>. <laughs> so, so we have this blowout at Coachella. I come home. I do the interview. I get the job that week. And I never look back. And how old were you then? Because, I mean, you're still so young and so accomplished. I was 23. I just That's turned amazing. 23. Yeah. Yeah. I was like such a kid. It's so crazy. I was just talking about that actually with my therapist earlier today, how when I graduated from college, I started in this entry-level assistant role at a big asset management company. And it was just supposed to be that. It was entry-level. But the CEO was looking for an assistant and he'd been through a couple. And so I was just temping, filling in while he was looking for someone. And it worked out so well that I ended up getting that job and I was 21. And you were supposed to have like at least 10 years of experience and he, you know, been through so many people, but I think sometimes, you know, you just are in the right place at the right time. And a hundred percent. And I think, I mean, to that end, I always, you know, everyone always asks the question of like, I don't know what I want to do. How do I get to that place of where like, you know, how do you make it happen for yourself? And I think just saying yes and being prepared Mm -hmm. and maybe hand tackling something that I mean, I had no clue what I was doing. You had probably had no clue no what you clue. were doing, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you just, you figure it out, you know, out of pure necessity and survival. Yeah. But 
I think also I think elevate just, like surrounding yourself with people who are better than you. You know what I mean? Not to say that Kim or, you know, whatever. Totally. But, but I just think people who have achieved a lot and are really successful and always surrounding yourself with people who you admire is yeah. the way to go because then you're always elevating. Which is like such a crazy lesson to learn through your 20s to your 30s. I, you're not 30 yet. I am. I'm 31. I think I'm older than oh, you, you are, right? 31? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in my early 20s, I felt like I was kind of always like leading the charge and always mm-hmm. trying to have to pull up the slack of certain friends or trying to clean up people's messes, help people out. And so I guess I just was feeling very unfulfilled and, and that was kind of like stifling to like my own potential. Mm-hmm. But then like you said, once I started making sure that I was like the least successful at the table right, and just kind of like positioning myself to have a tribe of people who had what I wanted and that I could aspire to be like and soak up all of that knowledge, it really, that's when I started to really feel like I was personally growing. I also feel like that was something I learned this past year. I hadn't really put a lot of thought into who I was surrounding myself with and not to say anything bad about anybody that I have been friends. Like I love everyone that I've ever had in my life, but I do think that it actually does take making a conscious effort to surround yourself with the right people who are going to keep lifting you up and who motivate you to work harder and do better and be better is really important. The most important. Yeah. I want to go through some of the rapid fire stuff that we do. These are fun. Okay. And so just whatever quick answer comes to your mind. What is a song that you like to listen to to put you in a good mood? Anything by the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> really? Cute. I okay. love the Jonas Brothers. Their music is so happy. Okay, I'm writing this down because we have a playlist that's connected to the podcast. And every week when I have some, each guest gives me a song and I add their song to the playlist. Fun. Okay. I just picture you dancing around your house to the Jonas I know. Brothers. It's like, <laughs> my, they are like my guilty pleasure, the Jonas Brothers. I, I love their music. So they do make good music. They make good music. Okay, thanks. Totally. No, they do. I mean, I'm still listening to Britney Spears from like 10 years ago, so I can't no, say she, anything. Literally, my playlist, I have a playlist called Blonde Highlights because <laughs> all I wanted was Blonde Highlights like in the early 2000s. And it's all of my 90s, Britney's, Factory Boys, O-Town. Like It never gets old. Never gets old. Speaking of the 90s, what's a trend that you would bring back? Or sorry, not just a trend, but anything you would bring back, whether it's a famous person or a trend or clothing or like whatever. I mean, it could be music, anything that you'd bring back Mm -hmm. from the past if you could. I don't know why this is coming to mind. Maybe it's because I'm talking to you and you're on MTV. But you know the show Singled Out? No. Tell me about it. You've never... Oh my God, Carmen Electra and Jenny McCarthy at two different times were the hosts. It's like a dating show. Actually, we really should pitch this. (laughs) Oh yeah, well, we did talk about pitching a dating show. Yeah, we should. Should we bring back Singled Out? Are you kidding me? It's like The Bachelor, but for spring breakers. Okay. You have to see the show. Well, you know what? I've got a lot of time on my hands right now, so I'll have to go watch an episode. Okay. I don't even know if it's stream. You have to YouTube it maybe. But so basically there was this host and like they would do like these really weird dating rounds where people would like anybody under five, seven, you go. And like all the guys under five, seven, like it was crazy. Jenny McCarthy was so funny. And like, it was like lighthearted and fun. And it was like during that whole MTV, like spring break time, which was like the pinnacle of cool. Like, I agree. (laughs) That to me, like if I could be an MTV DJ, oh my God, like that was my goal in life. You just made me think of that show Rock of Love with Brett Michaels when you said Carmen Electra. Remember that show? 
Of course. I like lived for MTV. Where are all of our tacky dating shows now? There's that show Too Hot to Handle right now, which is pretty tacky, but I haven't that. Like the thing is now it's just like for some reason they don't have like the allure for me. No. Like the real world back in the day, you know what I mean? Like spring break with like Carmen Electra and like when like Dennis Rodman would, you know, like that, like back then just was just, I don't know. So I much. think it's just oversaturated now, you know, there's just yeah. way too much of it, but still, I think we should make a show of our own and, and pitch it. <laughs> no, I really like, oh my gosh. I Let's bring back some kind of super tacky, trashy dating totally. show. What's the best compliment someone ever gave you? I mean, you gave me a really, really nice one. The beginning of this podcast, I have to say that was so, so kind. I mean, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a really nice compliment, truly. Like, that means a lot to me because that's all I try and do. You know, I think it's important, too, that we share these things with our friends and our peers. And, not, you know, I think that a lot of times forget or take for granted, like, our friends know that we really like them. and But we don't really yeah. actually express or say why very often. And one of my friends who I've had for the past like two years is really good about that. So she's kind of brought that to my attention. Like she'll say a lot of very complimentary things. And I realize how good it always makes me feel. And I'm like, I want to make sure I'm doing that with my friends and more people in my life. I'm going to do that now too. There's no downside to that, sharing that message more. Outwardly giving compliments. Yeah, I love that. Who's somebody on social media that you follow that is either funny or inspiring? Oh my God. You know – this one is, it's not so inspiring. You know, Gary Janetti? Yes. That is like the <laughs> All only of his royal family on. ones? It's like why I get on it. Like, I look forward to those so much. Okay, I got in trouble on there. You because, did? Yeah. Not with him, but with, with fans. Because I just think it's so funny also. But sometimes I'll kind of chime in and then I'm like, okay, I, I don't get to chime in. That's the only problem with like if, you know, you're any kind of public figure whatsoever. Yeah, I always, I always keep it laugh and keep it to myself. I know. You're so much smarter than me. I usually He's do too. He's so funny. He's hilarious. That Instagram account or have you ever followed Tiny Gentle Asians? <laughs> my mom always sends me those. I don't think really? I follow them. Yes, but my mom is obsessed. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. It just brings me so much joy in a sea full of promoted ads to see a little squishy Asian baby face is like (laughs) so precious you know what you should do you follow tanks good news because that's another one I do yeah I follow that one I think on future that one I think that that's really important because the news is really always so negative it's nice to have like a one source you can rely on for positivity all the time totally Uh, One of the purposes of the show is to bring positivity to others' lives. And so Mm -hmm. I like to ask each guest if there's anyone in their life who's either going through something or has just really been helpful to them or feels like they, you know, they feel you feel like they support you a lot, um, who you would want us to kind of send positive thoughts or energy to today. Yeah, I I definitely would love to send some positive vibes towards our mutual friend, Kara Santana. Yes. She is literally one of the best humans like I have ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And the support that I get from her and the friendship is so unlike any other friendship that I've ever had. Yeah, she's and a very she's, solid person. She's so solid. Mm-hmm. She's so generous. She's so thoughtful. And to be able to have a friend that, you know, she pushes me to be better yeah, and supports me and 
you know, meets me exactly where I like the amount I give is the amount she gives. And that's such a nice thing to have in, mm-hmm. in a friendship. Cause a lot of the time it can be a little bit of an imbalance. And mm-hmm. with her, she really meets me right. Like head first, like or head on rather. Yeah. I mean, I and can speak I would, to that about her as well. I think she's a really good friend. And also what you said that the two of you, I would say are the people who really make me always feel like I'm not doing enough, but in a good way, you know, cause you guys both <laughs> grind. It's very cool. Thank you. She, um, and she pushes me even, you know, cause mm-hmm. she is just like, she is so driven and so passionate and so smart. Yeah. And I would love to send her some extra love okay. right now. Yeah, me too. That's great. So where can our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Steph underscore chef, and okay. you can follow my climate education on future earth at future earth on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you. Well, thanks for being here today. This was really fun. I'm glad we got to catch up a little bit. Oh my bit. gosh. We got to do so it more nice soon. To see your face. I know yeah, we should. Too. Let's get, we got to we'll do something do with Kara. We've been yeah, talking about that. Yeah, let's do a heads up on um, House Party. It's so much fun. Okay. I haven't done that. I've got to get into that. I haven't tried House Party yet. Oh my gosh. House Party, they have all like the games you can play with people. It's so much fun. Good. Okay. Well, we'll do it. I'm down anytime. Okay. Just let me know. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. 